Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the platform, thank you so much for checking us out. For those seasoned listeners, welcome back. And today with me is a special guest by the name of Deidre Shen. And y'all, wait till you hear from this woman who is on a mission. So let me tell you a little bit more about Deidre. Deidre is the co-founder and CEO of Capshow, the world's first AI-powered podcast copywriter. She is the creator of Content Honey Traps, author of Honey Trap Marketing, and host of the Grow My Podcast Show and the podcasting entrepreneur. She also does other things, but you're going to find out more when I bring her on. So without further ado, let's welcome the woman behind it all. The one that's multifaceted, multidimensional, but can't be contained, similar like myself, Deidre Shen. Hi, Genesis. So good to be on here. (laughs) Thank you so much, DG, for coming on to share and hold space. And I am so excited to learn more about what is going on in the back end with this tool of yours, Capshow. But before we jump in to Capshow and the work that you're doing to make other podcast lives easier and not just podcast lives, but podcasters, because it takes the hosts and the creatives to really curate content out there and bring people into the community, whether it's to educate them, inspire them, motivate them, dot, 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 you know. So we're going to jump in to the connection part of the segment, which is going to allow the audience to be able to connect with you in a fun and personal manner. There are two options I like to do with my guests. We can either do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. Emphasis on rapid. What are you in the mood for? Oh gosh, wow. Let's do, let's try an icebreaker. That might be fun. Okay, here we go. We're breaking the ice with Petri and Genesis. Do, 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 do. So I want you to share something that you have done in your life that is crazy for someone else looking looking in, or you can share something fun and interesting about yourself that nobody in your community knows about you, but it's what makes you Deidre Shen. And you know what? I feel like you're going to be frisky here, so why don't you combine both of them? <laughs> Wow, I don't know if risk is quite the word, but um, I know definitely something that is a little bit uh, unexpected for non-Australians is that I actually am a huge, huge fan of Vegemite. So love Vegemite. We actually ordered more Vegemite to get to have. Um, we're, we're actually going to be making Vegemite cheesy ramen uh, this weekend, which is going to be so cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a fun fact about me. But um, something that, gosh, is a little bit crazy. Um, 
I'm trying to think about if I've done any like super crazy things. Probably the crazy. I'm not a huge adrenaline junkie, I've got to say. But we did once when we were in South Africa, we were in Cape Town, and we went shark cage diving, which was super cool and really insane. Yeah, <laughs> like with great white sharks. It was so cool. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So a follow-up question. What are veggie mate? And did I say it correctly? Veggie mite. Veggie mite. Veggie mite. Yeah, it's like um it's a yeast. It sounds it sounds gross. It tastes well, I think it tastes a lot better than it sounds, but a lot of people will say no, it, it tastes as bad as it sounds. <laughs> but it's like a yeast um thing that is like salty and uh is a spread essentially. It's a spread for, you know, you can have it on toast, you can have it on on sandwiches. Um, in Australia, we do a lot of what we call Vegemite and cheese toasties. So we would toast, you know, put cheese on it, melt the cheese on the Vegemite and bread, um, and it's delicious. Ooh. Okay, so when you make one of these, like whatever you're going to eat it with, can you take a picture and just share it on Instagram and tag me so I could see it? Yes. <laughs> I had no idea. And then your, your crazy, your crazy slash thing that you did going in a cage and diving with white sharks. OMG, like, OMG, like my face, when you said that, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) it was so much, it was, I, as I said, I'm not an adrenaline junkie, but I was like, well, we're in the place where you can do this I'm like oh it feels like a missed opportunity if we don't and my husband actually was uh he was we were on our way there he's like are you sure we want to do this like let's just really think about this I was like no we're doing it we're doing it and by the end like I had an awesome time but my husband just loved it he was like oh my gosh I'm so glad we did this it was it was a lot of fun and you see so you're in this cage the cage has like obviously has bars um so the shark can't get you but the way that, so the sharks, when they come, because obviously they, um, they attract the sharks with meat uh, to, you know, to come. And they actually, the one that when I was in, it actually, the shark literally came at me, jaws wide open. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I really hope this cage is going to hold. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, that would not have been a great experience, but it was, it was actually a lot of fun. Amazing. And thank you for sharing those two in in the connection part of the segment. So that completes the connection part. So audience, I hope you learned a little bit more about Deidre. Now we're going to jump into the main part of the segment, which is the work that Deidre is doing with Capshow, podcasters, as well as running her own podcast. So Deidre, I want you to give us a background story of who you are. Like I shared a bit of your bio, but I know there's other complexities to you that makes you the woman that you are today. And I think it would not be fair if we don't highlight your backend story. So the audience knows that, you know, she did go through some stuff in order to get to where she is now. Yeah, for sure. So I started in entrepreneurship, gosh, almost nine years ago now. So almost a decade ago. Uh, And it was in Sydney. So I'm originally from Australia. I live in New York City now, which I'll get to uh, how that all happened. But um, yes, we started our first business in Australia, in Sydney, and it was actually in hospitality. It was a dessert bar. Um, My husband loves baking and cooking, and uh, he just 
fell in love with making desserts. By the way, I say this with, we had absolutely no background in hospitality. He has no chef training or anything. In fact, he was studying a medical degree. So he was studying to become a doctor at the time. I was in banking, so I was in corporate. Uh, so absolutely no experience or background in any of this stuff. But he just, we had moved, just moved out together and he um, started cooking and really enjoyed it. He started baking more so. I love my desserts. So he was basically just trying to perfect my favorite desserts for me and we were just at this phase you know we call it the quarter life crisis um, phase in our lives where we what we were doing was just not the things that we could see ourselves doing for the rest of our lives so we made a decision to be like well why don't we try this like you just there's nothing holding us back uh, and so that's what we did we opened our first dessert bar um, and that was in 2013 and it was, I can tell you now, it was not, wow, it's, it was hard. Like, you know, it's, I can't even quite describe, I can't quite find the words to describe how hard it was. I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs on here would kind of know, have a bit of an inkling of what I'm talking about, but hospitality is a hard, hard business to start a first, you know, to be a first. You, you're on the hook for a lease agreement. Uh, you have, it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to actually fit out a place so we were in debt before we even opened the doors uh, and it was our first business so we had no idea what you had to do to create that you know that that word of mouth the buzz before you open the door so you can start earning an income straight away we had no idea we just thought obviously we have the best thing since sliced bread so we're going to open our doors and everyone's just going to come flooding in they're going to find out about us magically yeah and that just doesn't happen right so we spent months and months and months like we were on struggle bus like we were not we were earning sometimes we had days we were just selling a handful of coffees and that's not even our core business. So you can imagine how deep in the red we were, you know, having to pay rent, wages, supplies, uh, debt. Like it was, it was a lot. And then probably about six months in, uh, it felt like kind of the, the it, it felt like we had become an overnight immediate success. Now there's no such thing, but for us, I think we had, when we realized how much we were, struggling like that the build it and they will come strategy actually doesn't work we put a lot a lot of effort in just like doing all the things we started you know reaching out to influencers and bloggers and and did a lot a whole bunch of collaborations you know we started trying to run ads we, we were just like ramping up all of the anything that we could think of doing and anything that people told us to do we just started doing and um the good thing is that eventually it worked it worked um, and we were able actually to grow that brand. So it's called the Chalk Pot to five locations in Sydney. Uh, and then in the alongside that, we also opened a burger restaurant uh, called Stacks on Burgers that we called, we opened two locations of those. So, you know, it was a lot of hard work. And, I, and even though I'm like, this is the cliff notes, we did really well. We actually like, you know, throughout that journey, we were in like, you know, we, we were in mediation with landlords. We were struggling to pay debt back at some points. We had to like scrounge for like, it was not easy, but I wouldn't, but that journey, you know, it teaches you so much. So, you know, fast forward uh, to end of 2018 and we actually found out. So one of the big things that happened uh, in that, in that entrepreneurship journey was one of our store managers of our busiest store in the city uh, we found out end of 2018 that he had been stealing from us. 
Uh, and it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars, a lot of money that he was taking um, out of from, from the store's cash, essentially. And it took something like that to kind of, um, I feel like, break me out of this almost, almost a hamster wheel that I guess we had built for ourselves in a way uh, to really look at it all and be like, is this the path that we want to be on? Is this the business that we want to be building? And I realized that it wasn't my passion. Um, definitely not anymore. I think we'd just been through the ringer so much in that five years that I was just like, I just can't keep doing this. Uh, my husband felt the same. So one thing I want to say here was it sounded like whenever y'all discovered that this man had been stealing from your business and the busiest store, that was a big aha moment for y'all. And it was like a turning point where you said it's no longer your passion and you didn't want to do it. And who would have thought that your husband had the same the same thing that he was thinking about too. So now I could see how the trajectory is going to turn here. And this is probably going to um, segue into what you're doing now. But I, I really wanted to kind of focus on this because, you know, I like the fact that you shared that you were on the struggle bus, that you all went through the ringer, but then you all also came to a point where you were trying any and everything to make sure that you got the word out about these businesses. And I think by you sharing your background and you putting in sweat equity back then, all of the knowledge and business acumen that you gain can be applied to what you're doing now. So audience, sit back and get ready to hear how the tide of the battle turns. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I can't say, I wish I, I would say, yep, 2018, um, we found this out. And as you said, the tide turned because it was still a little bit of, you know, a few years of uh, experimentation and testing and learning. Uh, but what that did, what that did do was, as I said, it snapped us out. And because we decided that this wasn't the path that we wanted to be on. And honestly, we didn't know what it was, by the way. Uh, we just knew that it wasn't this. And I have always wanted to live and work overseas. So I actually just was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just move overseas. We're just going to do it. We'll figure it out. Uh, it was literally, and actually when, maybe the icebreaker when you were like, what was something crazy you've done? Maybe that is probably up there. One of the craziest things is because I am, if you knew I, me at all, my background, I am one of, I'm super methodical. You know, that was how I, was, I grew up. I was like, yeah, get good grades. You tick that off. You go to a good university, tick that off. You get a good degree, tick that off. You go to, a, you know, all of the things was I, I was used to ticking off. This was probably the first time when I was like, there is literally no plan. We don't know how. We, we have no jobs, nothing. We don't know how we're going to actually survive, like keep ourselves alive, but we're just going to do it anyway. Uh, so that was pretty crazy. So we did that. We made the move to New York City uh, mid-2019. So, yeah, and the even better thing was, so at that time when we were kind of end of 2018 when we were making this decision, I was actually working on another business idea with another co-founder, my current co-founder, Bonna Rai. And uh, it was actually in fashion technology, which is completely, again, completely different. But we were, I was like, at the time, this was the thing that we're working on. So 
I was like, hey, Bonner, we're moving to New York City. And she was super supportive. Um, but after a while, I was just of talking and trying to see whether we could make this work being on the other side of the world. I was just like, do you just want to come? Like, why don't you just come as well? So the even better thing was I got to come to New York with obviously my husband, uh, my cat and my co-founder and best friend in tow. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, so we hit the ground running 2019, 2019. We rocked up to New York City and we had this fashion technology idea that in within four months of uh, landing here, we actually failed. <laughs> so we decided to fail that business um, because we just found uh, that there wasn't enough of a, um, there was a problem that we were solving for, but the problem wasn't big enough that people would change their habits for quickly. So we decided to fail it. Again, no plans. So we were like, what do we do now? We don't know. So we um, actually, funnily enough, I ran into an acquaintance from Sydney uh, who I had no idea was in New York. So, and this is the funny thing, like things, I genuinely believe that things happen for a reason. But we bumped into him and he was actually uh, helping a, um, he was actually expanding a brick and mortar chocolate retail business. So a little bit different to what we were doing in Sydney, but same, like kind of related. And he was looking to bring that online. And because he knew, obviously, what my background and what we did and stuff, he actually was like, hey, do you want to help me do that? So we actually started, we kind of fell into doing agency work uh, that expanded to more e-commerce. Um, so boutiques and brands and, you know, obviously chocolate. And then we transitioned that into our first coaching business uh, that was called The Growth Boss. And it was actually through that business uh, in talking to a lot of these entrepreneurs uh, that the first iteration of Capture came about. So what happened was uh, we were helping e these e-commerce businesses grow online. And if anyone knows about product-based businesses, they have this, this tendency to want to hide behind their product. Uh, whereas I was like, no, you're at this stage when you're just about to grow and you're just making a brand and like a name for yourself, your brand is you. You're the only differentiator that you have. Yes. And I want to interject here because this is so true. And because we see so many people, they have these amazing brands, but you never see the man or woman behind the brand until they feel like they have hit certain milestones. But if you would get out in front of your brand, whenever your brand is in the infancy stages, it builds, in my opinion, that no like and trust factor because people are going to get to know you. They're going to start to like you. They're going to want to trust you as an individual, which is then creating that credibility where they're going to want to partner with you and continue the mission and movement behind your brand. So I like how you said that you're like, no, you need to get out in front. But I also think that sometimes... Um, me being a content creator, we're we're afraid because you may you don't know if that if it's gonna fail or if it's gonna take off. But you know what? Sometimes like hindsight is 2020. You have to do it afraid and you have to have you know faith over fear and just trust that it's either gonna work or it's not gonna work, but you're really banking for it to work. And you know what? Just realize that. You may not please everybody, but you may be that one person to please your tribe and the people that are going to need what you have to offer. So I like how you um, 
changed around the frame of mind around that because I think someone listening in Deidre needed to hear that because there may be someone out there that they have this amazing thing and they're doing things in the background and in the silos but if they would just like every now and then just do a live you don't have to be all prim and proper just get out there and be your authentic self people will gravitate to that 100% totally and I think it was through that journey as well, you know, people, our clients were having those similar realizations, but at the same time, they were like, okay, I get it. I get that we have to do this, but how, how do I, I don't know how to tell my story. I don't even know what stories to tell. Um, and so that, uh, as I said, because that was happening, we were getting that feedback. I was like, okay, so there's a need here. I have a bit of a formula in terms of how I tell my stories. So I'm sure that there's a way that we can uh, make this super simple to get someone's story and turn it into a bank of captions and emails. So that was the first iteration of Capture. So what we did was quite rudimentary. Uh, it was, we had a user describe it as like a combination of Madlibs and journaling, where we would prompt them, prompt a user through some questions to elicit their story and the the software would actually take those and turn them into captions and emails um yeah so that was you know that we so we launched capture that was version one end of 2021 so it's december 2021 and then um we were like this is awesome this is so great this is going to help all entrepreneurs so we wanted to go all in on this software uh but then we were finding that people just weren't really interested like they just like what's going on why this is seriously so good why isn't this you know taking off and so we spoke to a coach of ours um so that's the other thing too everyone get a coach if you're in business you, you need one and uh he was like you need to niche down you need to niche down like you're trying to be too broad and so we were like we uh, it was it was actually again this was probably another pivotal moment for us because we our reflex was to resist it. We were like, you don't understand. We're different. <laughs> we don't need, you know, this is, this is going to help all entrepreneurs. You know, that was our, like, our reflex reaction. But we are very coachable. We understand the value of someone objectively looking at something and being like, look, I've been there and done that, and this is what you need to do. So we're like, okay, fine. We need to niche down. And when we were working through what made the most sense for us, I just kept coming back to, experts who podcast because we're natural storytellers so I didn't need to convince anyone to tell their stories you know they just podcasters do naturally and being having I, when I, I started my first podcast uh, when I was coaching you know grow, trying to grow my coaching business and so that's who I know I could authentically talk to was other coaches consultants service providers so experts who are using a podcast to grow so that was uh, so once we made that decision and went all in on that, everything then changed for us. So now this is how Capture version two came about because we just started speaking to more of our ideal customer, our ideal users about what, what their pain points were. And we knew that this was an even bigger problem that we could help solve for. So that's, yeah, Capture version two. I love that. And I love the story leading up to where you are right now with Capshow version two. And I'm sure the audience wants to know, well, Deidre, can you tell me how you came up with the name Capshow and what are your core values behind the brand? 
Right. Okay. So the name is, I wish there was like an awesome story behind the name. It was literally like, we had no idea where to start with it. And because the original, again, Capture version one was the, the main thing was how do we help these business owners create really compelling social media captions? We kind of started, we started playing around with the word caption and, and, and kind of, but we didn't want it to be called that. Um, and so Capture came about and I guess, you know, they kind of, ties into even with podcasters and podcasters having a show um, that they want to capture attention for. So I don't know, it just kind of like morphed. It just seemed to work for us. So we just stuck with capture. Um, that's kind of, you know, the the non-sexy, because there is no sexy, uh, you know, reason behind behind capture. Uh, and the value, really, like really what we're trying to do um, fundamentally is now it's like, how do we help these podcasters beat obscurity uh, because that's the thing right like all of the reasons why we stop podcasting why pod fade happens why you know all of that is because the root cause of it all is that we just don't promote our podcast enough like we just don't right we record it and we get excited about it but then there's so much work that goes into then editing it and you know like doing all the things like finding the guests and booking them like that by the time we get to the part that's actually the most important, like promoting it. <laughs> yeah, we're just exhausted. We're too tired. And we don't, who wants to write? I certainly don't want to be writing email copy and social media captions and show notes. Oh my gosh, like show notes. Uh, I don't want to be doing any of that. And so this is the thing. If we can help podcasters beat obscurity by relieving them of having to create that promotional copy assets or make it really, really easy for them, then they can actually start to promote it, which means more listeners, it means more leads, it means more sales. And when you can see an ROI on this activity that you're doing, this podcast, people aren't going to stop podcasting, right? And not, and we're just going to get more podcast. Like it's going to be amazing because this community, this ecosystem is going to keep growing. So that's kind of what I come back to is like, how do we help podcasters beat obscurity? Because that is would be a shame. Uh, you know, we all have such great voices and messages and I just want to help them get it out there. Amazing. And when you're helping podcasters beat that obscurity um, and you mentioned ROI. So from a return on investment standpoint, let's look at the time savings as well as cost savings. Can you break down the time versus cost savings by having a creative contenter that is solely focused on podcasts? podcasting using Capshow, like do y'all have any metrics behind that? Yeah, so we recently uh, surveyed our beta users actually um, in inside Capshow. So we had about 356 beta users and uh, pretty much six, uh, on average, we were saving them 62% more time. If that makes sense. So they were they were they were getting back sixty two percent more time from using Capture. Now that is going to differ for for everyone um, because it depends on how much how the quality of their you know of what they're writing. It depends on how much they're even writing. So some people might just be doing show notes, but they're actually not doing emails. Or some people might be doing social media captions, but they're not doing any of that. You know, so that depends as well. Um, but on average, we're saving pretty much one to four hours per week um, for each episode. Uh, for for a creator so it's a lot of time and not only are we saving time but as I said we're actually 
making um, it more consistent for podcasters to promote. And we're actually increasing the volume of promotional assets. So as I said, some podcasters only do a social media caption. Like we have a lot of people who don't currently send out emails to their list about the fact that their podcast episode went live. So by using Capture, they now have very easily just created an asset that they can send out and get immediate, more immediately more listeners um, on that episode. So it's like, it's a time save, but it's also more importantly, the increase in, uh, in volume of promotional assets. Amazing. So the time savings, one to four hours per week. And then that is depending on where um, where they're driving that content. If they're doing email marketing, if it's social media marketing, are you writing your show notes? So that may differentiate between each podcaster based on what their end usage is. But then as far as a, a holistic perspective, it's one to four hours per per week. And then you mentioned getting those promotional assets. So once um, they link up with Capshow and they put it, they go through the answers based on the questions that I'm sure the AI asks, then what does that produce? Like, is it going to generate just like the show notes for them or does it generate like any promotional material like flyers or anything along those lines? I just want to make sure I'm not missing something here. Yeah, so uh, Capture version two. So version one was when, uh, you know, the software was prompting them to answer particular questions. Version two, it's simply you upload your audio file of your episode and that's it. <laughs> that's kind of it. Uh, and then basically the AI, uh, you know, listens to it and it creates episode title, description for a podcast player, show notes uh, that you can put on a blog page or your website, your, your, you know, your podcast website, whatever, uh, social media captions that you can use to promote on any of your social media platforms, a promotional email. So, uh, that you can use to email your list as well as a full transcript that is by speaker or by time. Um, it can be broken out by speaker or by time. Wow. Oh my gosh. And I really, really, y'all, I'm so guilty here. I'm putting myself in the hot seat. I, told Deidre, Deidre and Bona that I was going to sign up for the beta program, but I got so busy on top of being pregnant that I never even got around to doing it. And we like barely talked about like all this stuff. But now that you're sh sharing this, I'm like, oh my gosh, she does all of that. So I literally want to see if I can get it on the tail end of the beta. I know things are changing on their end and Deidre is going to um, share that. And then we're going to jump into the call to action because I want to be respectful of her time, y'all, because she's a very busy woman that has a lot to get done. So Deidre, I'm going to throw you an audible here to see if there's anything that I did not ask you that you want to share that adds value to um, to the conversation. And if not, we're going to jump into the CTA, which is your call to action for the audience today. Yeah, well, I mean, I could talk about so many things, um, but I think ultimately it's like, you know, think about your podcast as time that you're putting into it, uh, because it is, and ultimately, how can you extract an, R an ROI from it? Uh, that's, you know, bottom line is your time is worth money right so definitely definitely think about how even if you don't use cap show but you've got to start promoting your podcast you've got to be really really like obsessed 
with with promoting it, getting it out there, um, increasing the listenership so that you can actually make money out of it. So that's, I'll leave, I'll leave with that. <laughs> um, but yes, do you want me to go into how you can find Capshow? Yes. So we're going to jump into the CTA now. So I want you to give the audience what your CTA is and then also tell them how to find Capshow and connect with you personally as well on your social media platforms. Yeah, for sure. So very easily go to Capshow, C-A-P-S-H-O.com. Uh, that's where you can find more about the software that we're actually about to come out of beta. So we're relaunching our website where uh, you will be able to try it for free. So we will have a free trial. So you can definitely get in and play around with it. So that's going to be super cool. Uh, if you want to uh, learn more about how to actually promote your podcast, how to set your podcast up in a way that can get you that ROI, uh, apart from just using Capture, the software, then definitely uh, listen to start listening to my podcast called Grow My Podcast Show. Uh, you can find that on any listening platforms because uh, I go very tactical into the things that you can do to actually grow your podcast. Uh, and yeah, if you're on socials and you want to connect with me, Deidre Shen is where you can find me on, in, on any social platform. So that's D-E-I-R-D-R-E-T-S-H-I-E-N. And Deidre, thank you so much for coming into the community today and just sharing all the knowledge that you have and just learning more about your back backend story, not just um, from you, but learning about some of the things that you went through with your husband and how all of that has allowed you to put those skills into what you're doing now and et cetera. So it's just been so inspiring just to hear your backend story because it's, it's incredible, y'all. And I feel like we all have a back-end story to share that actually builds our character. It develops us personally and professionally, and it sets us on our way. And if we never talk about the back-end, then sometimes people may not know the relevancy of where you are now, because let's face it, even the one percenters, the millionaires and the billionaires, they all have back-end story. But until you're willing to go deep diving and go beyond the surface level, you're missing some of those gems. So audience, don't forget to like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus audio platforms. You could also see the video to this recording by going to our YouTube channel by typing in gems, G-E-M-S with Genesis Omaris Kemp. And my big ask, A-S-K, is for brand sponsors. This podcast is currently ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com. So if you want to link arms and collaborate, send me a personalized email to genesisamariskemp at gmail.com or head on over to my website, genesisamariskemp.net to learn more and see how we could go further and faster together because collaboration is not the new competition. It's the new way to create synergies because there's more than enough seat at the table for all of us, but it's up to us to link arms and help each other. Let's take your zone of genius and pair it with, with someone else's zone of genius or my zone of genius and let's tear this scene up, y'all. We got this. So once again, you just heard my fabulous guest, Deidre Shen. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. So all you need to do is read, scroll on down, 
and tap in with her. So until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Y'all have yourself an amazing day. Signing out, Miss Genesis Artist Camp and Adri Shen. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.